Welcome back to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and glad to have you listening today. We are continuing our series Mixtape today, and this is a series that's all about hearing from new people, new voices, um, a new word from the Lord every single week. And this week, we're listening to Hunter Brooks, who has been a vital part of NCC for a while now. He's He's been involved in NYC, drumming on Sundays, I'm a part of our teaching team, even working out some of our messages. And so today is a great message about faith, about stepping out, and doing what God has called us to do as the church. So tune in for Hunter Brooks. Well, good morning, NCC. How are you doing this morning? Woo! That's one of my favorite songs. If you haven't heard of Lecrae, um, he's an amazing artist. And I always said if I ever got to have a walk-up song, like in baseball, because you know me, I don't play sports. I was like, I'm going to have this song. And when Pastor Aaron was like, hey, you get a walk-up song, I was like, whoo! Finally, I get to have my rap, so I'm super excited and honored to be able to bring you the word today. Um, but first, I just want to give it up to our pastors, Aaron and Sarah Escamilla. Can we just give it up for them today? Just They're just such an amazing leaders, amazing couple, amazing pastors. They are hashtag relationship goals, just like AC and Debbie, Caleb and Alita. Our whole leadership team is hashtag relationship goals, whether that is the relationship with God, the relationship with their spouse, and the relationship with their children and future children for the Bagbees. You know, so just the they're just an amazing group of leaders, and I love having the opportunity to serve each and every one of them and whatever they need. And so, a mi comunidad hispana les pido paciencia mientras aprendo a hablar español. Un día espero predicar las buenas nuevas de evangelio para alcanzar más gente y amar más gente. So to my Hispanic community, I ask for patience as I learn and speak Spanish. One day, I hope to preach the good news of the gospel in Spanish to not only reach more people, but to love more people as well. And I practiced that all night last night <laughs> to say that this morning. I'm super excited to be able to message you today. But I wouldn't be here today without my family. If we could show that lovely picture of my family on the screen, what they asked for was no shout-outs, but I got, I got them all in a photo. So if you don't know, we hold down the back row because we back row Baptist in a Pentecostal church. We like to hold it down. So right there is my dad, Mike Brooks, my mom, Kim Brooks, and the most beautiful, amazing girl in the world. If you don't remember, I was single on the relationship panel back in February, but God has blessed me. Can I get an amen? There's a girl that stood up and said, yes, I can date you. So that's great. I love her a lot, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for us in the future. And if you don't get the chance to meet her today, it's Valeria. So I told her, because I went to her church, and I visited her church twice, and they made me stand up and say, Say, hey, you know, this is Hunter. You know, I told her, I'm not going to embarrass her like that. So I decided to just put a picture on the screen. So, but that's her. She's with me today, and I'm super honored and excited to be here. So, if you don't know, I, I also serve in NYC, the best youth ministry on the earth. Woo! And, and over the past seven months, um, I sat down seven months ago with Pastor Aaron and we, uh, uh, before Corona, you know, before the Rona. You know, when we could actually eat with people and have a decent meal. Um, so he said to me, hey, I want you to come speak in July at the church on a Sunday. And I'm like, okay. 
I was like, I'm used to only speaking to 12 to 18-year-olds. Anything above 18, I don't know how well I can do that. But all right, I got this. And so God took me on this journey over the past seven months. And I had the opportunity to speak at NYC a few months ago, uh, my first message. So I actually stepped out of ministry um, last year. Over a year ago today, I stepped out of ministry. And I was like, I, I, was, I didn't want to do ministry no more. I was done. I was burnt out. I was tired. I was a youth pastor at the time. And so I was really like, oh, I'm done with this. Let me go live my life. I still love the Lord, but let me go live my life. Um, pastor AC called me during quarantine. He's like, hey, can you give a message you know, on the Instagram Live, and I was like, uh, yeah, sure, you know, I, why do I tell these people I can do anything, whatever they need? I'm like, you know, why do I do that? But, you know, it was all good, and so I spoke the message, it's time for some spring cleaning, and what, what that message did was like a spark in me. I had, I had some good friends, good accountability partners, good mentors in my life saying, you know, shouldn't you go back into ministry? And I was like, <laughs> and then AC calls me and says, hey, can you speak? And so I, I did that, and it's time for some preaching. So what is God wanting us to do in this season? That's what I spoke on in that first message. What is God wanting to show us during this season? Did you know we've been in the Rona 20 weeks now? Woo! 20 weeks, that man. Woo! That made me, like, when I, I looked up that fact for today, and I was like, dang, 20 weeks. Woo! We're going to have a lot of babies come January. And so... <laughs> So, some, you know, some of y'all in quarantine took the Bible literal and said, be fruitful and multiply. So we'll see you in nine months, see if we do that. And one day I hope to do that, um, you know, do what the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply one day. And so the last point of that message was to speak revival and see revival, which is actually the title of my next message. So over the course of seven months, uh, God laid this message on my heart immediately as soon as Pastor Aaron said, you're going to speak. Immediately I had this message on my heart, this exact one that I'm going to speak today. But I, there were some steps I had to go through along the way that God had to teach me in my own life. He had to go, okay, Hunter, what are you going to do in your life? What are you going to clean up? What are you going to do for me? How's your prayer life? I can tell you one thing right now. My prayer life has been the best it has ever been during this quarantine season. Lord knows I need some prayer because I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to gain the quarantine 15, y'all. So I was like, woo, I need, I need some prayer to lose some weight. But in my message, the next message, Speak Revival, See Revival, I talked about as a church in general what we need to do, what has God called us to do so we can see revival in this country. I actually got the tag team with Billy Graham. I took some Billy Graham clips, and we showed some Billy Graham clips, and that was pretty cool. You never, got to, you never know. Some people are like, who Billy Graham? Or they're like, oh, man, I heard of him back in the day. But let me tell you what, we are, God is a, not a God of the past. He's a God of the present, and he's a God of the future. And the Holy Spirit is an empowering spirit. So uh, for me, the revival days wasn't just back then. Revival days can start now and go forward into the future. And so my last point of that message, which is the title of my message today, is to step up and step out. Something that God has definitely been calling me to lately. So if everyone wants to bow your heads, close your eyes, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll, get, we'll jump right in and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for this time, this opportunity just to be in your presence, Father. The opportunity that we get to worship, not only here, God, but together and online, Father. God, we thank you for the technology that we get to reach more people and love more people through this season, God. I ask that you open the eyes, open the ears, and open the hearts to receive what you have in store today, God, because this is not my words, but your words, Father. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. amen. I'm glad you had Rick last week. He taught you, because I'm a holla back preacher. I grew up Pentecostal, okay? So I'm a holla back preacher. If you don't holla back at me or you don't comment back at me online, the longer I go. So we can be here for a long time. That's up to you guys. So I want to hear some amens. I want to hear some hallelujahs and all that fun stuff so we can get on with our day. Amen? 
Amen. I mean, y'all, we're trying, to, we're trying to go to lunch after this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm trying to go to Texas Road. I'm trying to beat that lunch rush, so let's get through. So uh, today's uh, my message. I'm going to choose the big portion of Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. But I want to set it up of what the beginning of Matthew 14 and what we see Jesus do. And one of my favorite parts of this is, is um, Jesus does one of the greatest miracles and one of the lowest points. In the beginning of John 14, uh, we find out that John the Baptist was beheaded. So Jesus' friend, his cousin, you know, the guy that baptized Jesus, he was beheaded. And Jesus found out, and immediately, there wasn't time for him to mourn. There wasn't time for him to grieve. But immediately, there was a crowd there, and Jesus stood up and spoke to the crowd. And that's where we see the miracle of the 5,000, where Jesus feeds the 5,000, two, you know, two fish, you know, loaves, fish, all that. You know, I'm glad I wasn't born in that time because I would just eat only the bread. I'm not a fish eater. You know, I would have been like, mm, thank you for the bread. Give this day our daily bread. You know, I would have been like that to Jesus. And so it's one of my favorite stories to talk about in leadership is composure because Jesus found out one of the hardest news ever. He, one of the hardest things that he, he found out when he was able to do one of the greatest miracles. So how many of us in our life are going through stuff right now like God is saying, but I can use you still? To use a greatest miracle. And we're going to pick back up. So Jesus went off and he prayed by himself. And he had his moment and his time to grieve. So I talk about this a lot in leadership development. Is that we must have composure. Not saying that we don't be authentic in our emotions. But we must compose ourselves to really show the authenticity of Christ. And what he can do in our lives. So Matthew chapter 14 it says this. In verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. And go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray, just like I talked about. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. I don't know about you, but if I saw someone walking to me on the lake too, I'd be just as terrified. Not going to lie. You saw all the Mythbusters and all the Loch Ness Monster stuff on TV, and then you see it in real life. You're like, whoo, hold up. And, you know, Shark Week about to come up, too, so what if it's a shark? You never know. And so I would have been just as scared as them, and they cried out in fear. I want you to remember that. They cried out in fear. They didn't know what was ahead of them. They knew they weren't in the best conditions. They were in a storm. The wind was against them. They see something that's unfamiliar, and they cry out in fear. I believe that's us right now. There's some things going on around that we're just like, whoa, 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 there's this that hit us, and then it's this, it's, it's COVID-19, then it's social injustice that we need to stand up for, and it's immigration that we need to stand up for. And we're like, what do we do, what do we do? And we see this character off in the distance, and his name is Jesus. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then I love Peter. We're going to talk about some Peter today. I, I, I relate a lot of my life to Peter. And he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So I imagine Peter in the Hunter translation. Pretty, Peter's pretty ghetto and pretty sarcastic in this moment. He's like, mm, if you want me, you know, tell me to come. You know, that's what he was probably like. And Jesus was like, come. He said, then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? 
And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And so one thing I want to point out right there is in verse 31. It was a meeting when Jesus reached out to him. I've always heard my entire church life that you have little faith and why did you doubt was said in an aggressive manner. But I don't see no exclamation points. I'm not a grammar person by any means. My English in school, mm-mm. Me writing essays, mm-mm. Ain't, ain't about that life. But I noticed this. I think Jesus was actually calming in this moment to Peter. Because in, in the midst of everything, you know, Jesus has always been that calm, still voice. So I think in that moment he said, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt? I don't think it was towards aggressive and anger and there might be people that disagree with me about that, but I don't believe that we, we serve such a powerful God that in a moment of doubt, he would be angry at us. And so the first point that I have today is that God wants us to draw near to him. And James 4, 7 through 10 says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. So just think, when you're trying to, when you're trying to not spread Rona, cleanse your hands, you sinners. We ain't trying to get the Rona going around, just saying. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and weep. Turn your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So not only does God want us near to him, he wants to be near to us. And what I tell people a lot of times is that, you know, God is always there. He's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, and he's omniscient. He's always there in our lives. And, but I think we struggle with it. I think, I think now, when we think about God and when we come to him and I think about my personal life, so I'm going to talk about my personal life. I always seem to draw to him, but I only seem to draw towards God when things are not going good. Who can relate to that? I, I feel like, okay, when life's going good, I'm on rainbows and butterflies. I lose my streak on the Version Bible app. You know, I'm not in my word every single day. I'm not praying every single day. I kind of lose that, but as soon as one thing bad happens, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do in this moment? I'm coming straight to you. But what if we lived a life where even when things were going good, we went to God that way? Do you, I, I, th I was thinking about this this week. If we're always going to when it's good, because he didn't say we'll never experience trials. Like We will experience trials and hardships by following him. But I think that if we choose to always follow him when, even when it's good, not only when it's bad, we will see more blessings, more fruit. I always tell people in leadership, I don't want to plant tomato plants. I want to plant mango trees. Tomato plants is a seed I can plant real quick, and the fruit will sprout it real quick, but it dies. I want to plant mango trees. I want to see mango tree type leaders. I plant the seed once. It may take time to grow, but it will produce fruit for a lifetime. I think that's the type of believers God wants us to be. He wants us to be the mango tree. He wants us to produce fruit for a lifetime. And sometimes in my life I felt like a tomato and I don't even like tomatoes, but I felt like a tomato plant. Maybe if I got a little too much sun, I even looked like one too. But how can we draw close to God when things are going good? And this is the basic stuff. It's read your Bible, pray every day, worship God. And, and I'm saying this as my point number two. He wants to walk alongside us. 
When we walk with the Lord, we draw closer to the Lord with all of our heart. He becomes our focus. Our heart longs for him. And I was talking about this or I run through this morning. Um, you know, not only does Jesus want us to come to him, but he wants to be there with us. But a lot of times in society, we only show up to church on Easter and Christmas. Ooh, I'm probably making someone feel uncomfortable. They probably just came online for 15 seconds. I said that. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm good. Or they come on the weeks that payday, the non-payday weeks, so they don't feel guilty when they get paid and, they don't have to, and they're not tithing. I'm just being honest here. We, we live a lot of life in church that we make it seem like we're looking good in church. We, got, we always give that churchy response, like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm blessed and highly favored. I started saying the other day, and, <laughs> and it was funny because in my last message in NYC, one of the students asked me before the service, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good. I gave the church a response. In my message, I had to turn and go, I'm sorry I lied to you. This has been an awful week, and I'm honestly surprised I'm up here today. And so sometimes if we're honest, God will show up in our honesty and our authenticity. Because he can't fix what we hide. I'm just, I, I, I don't think no one got that over here on this side of the room. He can't fix what we hide. Oh, this room, this side of the room. We'll, we'll go on. 1 John 2, 3 through 6 says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We, we live in Instagram life. We only show the highlights and the high reels. This week I was excited because NYC, we got to go into each and every leader's like day. And it wasn't fancy. It was nice to see, like, I'll say the most comments I got is because I color coordinate my closet by style and color. And everyone was like, woo, I'm not the only one. Or why? Why would you do that? Just hang them up. Like, it's cool. But it was, it was a picture of the authenticity of us as leaders that I, I thought it was great for students to see. It wasn't no fancy. Trust me, my biggest supporter is also my biggest roaster, and that's my mom. Y'all ever watch some NYC Late Late Show? You'll see her be commenting on the, on the feed. And she, she flat out told me, she goes, your day is boring. I was like, but it's me, though. I may not live this exciting, great life, but I was being authentic in the moment. And so how many of us live those Instagram lives where it's all about the show, it's all about this? I was watching a video this week where there was a couple comparing themselves to a couple on Instagram. And then you realize that that Instagram couple finds nice cars to take pictures in front of. They drive in a crap beat up car, but I can take a picture in front of a nice car and look a certain way. I can hide the tag on my dress and look a certain way. And I saw that and I was reminded, like, wow, how many of us actually live that lifestyle? We're not fully in God. We act like we are. We can show you that we are, but on the inside we are empty. And so that leads me to say this. And I learned this this week, and I knew it because I grew up in church my entire life. Uh, my parents were in ministry when I was a young age. So I, I grew up in church, and, and so I knew what to say. I knew how to act. I knew what to do. But I always felt alone. And we, we talked about this for a few weeks in NYC. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch them, especially Peter Pignon's message on what makes me crazy. Like, dude, that dude brought it. I don't know if you know him, but he brought it. And so every single week you got to hear from AC and Debbie and myself talk about mental illness. And one of the things that I, that I always felt, and it's, it is the biggest misconception mental illness, as you guys got to hear me a few weeks ago with Pastor Aaron when he was interviewing me, is that we feel alone. But there's two things that happen when we receive Christ and we say, I want God in my life. One, we have, you know, God 
on in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And two, we're automatically adopted into a family. And so we have a family of believers and community around us. And one of the things I always have to teach people sometimes is everywhere I work and everywhere I've worked, we've always wanted a home mentality. You want to feel at home where you work. You don't want to, you want to feel at home when you come to church. You don't want to feel like an outcast. And so there's times I've had to teach people what home is. You can go home to a building. And I said this exact quote a few weeks ago. This is not my notes at all. I said, a house is just a building just like the church is just a building. Home is where the heart is, and we are the church. So wherever we at, we can be the church. Um, and so leads me to my next point. We must be bold. And if you don't remember Rick's message last week, man, he did a phenomenal job. Just give it up for Rick one more time. He said, being bold and run your race was the title of his message. And if you, don't, if you haven't listened to it, go back and watch it from last week. The time is now to be bold. And what areas of society can we be bold in? And I think there's a lot, actually, that we can actually pick and choose from. So don't tell me there ain't nothing you don't know what to support. There's so many things right now. If you, if you don't know, we can support Black Lives Matter. I don't mind saying that. I can get up here and say that. We can support the immigration and support people that are in the slums and in the camps. We can support them and say, oh, but my God can do something. You know, there's, uh, there's the political side of things. There's the election coming up. There's so many things that you can pick and choose from. So if you don't know those three, just Google what's going on in the world, and you can probably find something to support. But start small, and that starts at home. That starts at home. What does that mean? Um, I had the blessing to grow up in a, in a church atmosphere at home. My parents always pushed me and encouraged me. Even when I didn't want to go to church, I was forced to go to church. And, and I thought that was honestly the best thing. If, and if you're asking me today, Hunter, uh, my kid don't want to come to church. Well, force him to come to church because I wouldn't be here today if my parents didn't force me to go to church. And I want to show you this photo right here. May 31st, 2015, I decided to be bold with my faith. And this was one of the hardest decisions that I made because I lived a very double life. I was in church, on the prayer team, but outside of church I was doing anything and everything. I did not reflect Christ at all. And this was my moment of truth in front of my friends to say, I am done with that double life. I'm going to take up my cross and say, God, I'm going to show you what you have done in my life. May 6, 2015 was the most important day of my life. It's the day I decided to rededicate my life to Christ. I was called to ministry at 10 years old, but I ran away from that calling immediately. I was in music education. I had a full ride to college for music education and performance. But God intervened and was like, no, you are going to do what I've called you to do. So this was my step up and step out moment, May 31st, 2015. Because I said I was going to be the guy that got to heaven and not be baptized because I was very arrogant. I was like, oh, I don't need to be baptized to go to heaven. I can do it. I can show you. Uh, that was my mentality. I lived for a long time. Let me show you. As being bullied a lot throughout school, I always had the mentality, let me show you what I can do. That's why I worked hard and I worked long hours. I practiced 10 hours a day on drumming just to prove to people that I could do it. Winning state contests wasn't enough for me. Winning the state, state of Texas is big. Winning the state contests and it's still not being enough. But May 6, 2015, realizing that one thing that I was missing my entire life 
was there in front of me the entire time. I walked the walk. But, no, I talked the talk, but I didn't walk the walk. And I encourage you today, if you haven't been water baptized, to get baptized. What it is is an outward expression of an inward feeling. And that's what the problem is nowadays, especially in the church. Listen to me for a moment. The church in general, not saying NCC, NCC is very much out in the community. And I'm thankful to be a part of this church and this vision. I'm excited to see three campuses with 1,000 disciples by 2025. Can I get an amen? I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited to serve under the leadership of that vision. We do a lot of things inside the four walls, but we never go outside the four walls. There's a lot of things that God does inside our life, but we're too afraid to show it off. And so I think if we had more times of being bold and stepping out and saying, I'm going to show you what I feel on the inside. I know what my God can do. I, you know, there, I work with tons of people that are not Christian at all. But they will never understand the love of Jesus if they don't see it on the outside of me. A few years ago, I had someone say this to me. It was, it was during this moment of high school. and I, I worked with somebody. I became a manager at the good old Jack in the Crack when I was 18. And they said this to me, if I didn't know why you took off Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, I would never know you went to church. I had a moment, oh my. My outward expression was never telling me what was on the inside. I was never showing people what God was doing on the inside. So sometimes it takes a moment just to say, it might even be a moment of honesty. It might be like, yo, everything's actually going good. COVID-19 has actually been good to me. And there's some of us that say, COVID-19, it has been awful. I don't know where, where my next meal is coming. I don't know where my next paycheck is coming. But let me tell you, I'm in that same boat. God told me to leave my job, and I left. Do I know the future? No. On the inside, am I scared? No. Because I know my God. And he has us, and he has a store for us, and each and every one of us. He has a vision for your life, and there's a purpose which leads me to my next point, and my last point of the day. I told you I can be a little long. It's okay. I only got four points. It could have been eight. It's choosing faith over fear. And one of my favorite worship songs, especially in the season, is called Stand in Your Love. And if you never heard it, it's my fear doesn't stand a chance. I'll stand in your love. It's talking about no matter what's coming at you, fear is coming at you. I can stand in the presence of God. And there's this one verse that it's not in every version, but it's in this one version, and I, and I cling to it the most. And I, I don't know if I, I might say it. goes, bye-bye fear, you can't stand here, look where I'm standing. There's a reason why I play drums. I had to think of that, and I always thought about it, oh, it's, look where I'm standing, it's because I'm here at the altar, and, you know, God can do something because I'm here at the altar. But God had to have a check with me and go, it's not when you're at the altar. It's where you are now. You might be standing at home going, man, I don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from. I don't know what my friends and family are going to think about me, you know, being a follower of Christ. Because there's a lot of our, and I love it, and a lot of our students, they're the only ones coming to church. And it's choosing that faith over fear that's saying, I buy. 
I'm standing here, wherever that is. And I think we got to get that mentality is wherever we're standing, God is there with us. Not just here at the altar, but wherever we are. How can we step up and step out into what God has called you to do? It's where you are standing today. Like I said, start small, smart, start at home. It might look scary. You know, I'm a, my mom reminds me on the daily how messy I was as a teenager. On the daily. <laughs> Some might look messy at your home if you got teenagers. If our relationship with God is built on a foundation of faith, if we choose to live a life of fear, what truly is our foundation built upon? Always reminded of the story in the Bible where it says where you build your house on the sand or you build a house on the rock. That's why I don't go to the beach. I definitely don't got no beach pod, but I ain't trying to build no house on the beach either. Mm-mm. Especially hurricane, I don't know what the name is, but mm-mm. you ain't getting me. That's another thing you say, oh, what are more causes, uh, you know, South Texas. And here's my last thing I want to say. As a society right now, we live in a cancel culture. But the church needs to stand up and change culture. It starts from the heart. And if we don't show the love of Jesus, we're never going to change the heart. The only thing we need to be canceling in this culture is the devil. And that's not going to start until we change our hearts and change the hearts of everyone around us. It's time for us to show love, show support for our brothers and sisters around us that are hurting and lost. I got asked this question the other day. Do you believe we are the generation where God is going to come back? I said, I don't know, but the way things are going, I better act like it is. So we got to act like it is. Just like 2,000 years ago, they thought that Jesus was going to come back real quick. Not even Jesus knows the day or the time or the hour. Neither do we, but we can feel it. We can be like, it's not tomorrow, it's someday soon. What can we do now in this moment? I don't want to get to heaven spending the next few weeks. I imagine this, oh, what if God came back September 1st? That was my thing, September 1st. What if God came back? I don't want to get to heaven and go, I had five weeks to do something, and I didn't do nothing. If we knew that timeline, we knew, oh, man, God's coming back, that we would do everything we can to get there. And so that's why I encourage you to do, make imaginary timelines in your head. For me, it's September 1st. What can I do in the next five weeks to show love and Jesus to everyone around me and spread his good news in the gospel? Let's see if I can learn Spanish in the next five weeks for y'all heard the beginning of my message. And I'm going to end with this. If everyone wants to bow their head and close their eyes, I couldn't do it justice sitting here today and standing here today with those viewing online and those in the room today and not do this. And every time I speak, and I'm glad NCC does this every single week, we give the opportunity to, for you to invite Jesus into your heart, into your lives, whether this is your first time or whether this is your thousandth time because, boy, I said this prayer this morning. If you heard anything I said today, you're like, man, Hunter, I need, I, I need to start changing the culture. I need to start small. I need to start living a life of faith over fear. I need to start living that. We've lived in this pandemic for 20 weeks now. We don't know when it's going to end, but when are we going to start changing and being on the offense? And we got God, so we, 
We got everything we need. We don't need no vaccine or nothing. We got a God who can do what he can do. And that's you today, and I want to give you all a moment, everyone that heads back. If you want to raise your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. And online, do the hand emoji. Thank you all. And I want you guys to repeat this prayer for me, everyone online at home and everyone in this room. Let's repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. God, open my heart. Search me, O oh God, and fill me up with your love. God, I ask that you today light a fire in me to spread your good news. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. And I'm just going to pray for you guys one more time. Pray a prayer blessing over you guys, if that's okay with you. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word, God, no matter who heard it, God, if it, if, if it changed one person's life or a hundred people's lives, Father, that you did what you wanted to do here today in this message, in this time, Father. God, this was your will, not mine, God. God, I say everyone, once they walk out of here today, will be able to show your love and mercy and grace to everyone around them. God, pour blessing and anointing and favors over every single person under the sound of my voice, Father. We want to give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message this week. Now I want you to reflect on this question as you go throughout your week. What is something that you've been holding back that you need to step out and do, God has been calling you to do, been putting on your heart? And what is that first step that you need to take this week? Thanks for listening. And here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. We want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.